0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. I'm Dwight Falk. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well, so you can catch this program uh, as a podcast or live, and all of our programming on KPCG is available the same way, so we appreciate you spending some time with us here today. Herbert W. Armstrong wrote about the need that we have to really dig into our Bibles. There's a real need there. There's so much valuable information And it's taken for granted in so many ways or ignored, and yet it's right there for us in his free booklet, The Seven Laws of Success, which is at thetrumpet.com, and you can order that or read it there online if you'd like to, and it's free of charge. But he said, the Maker, God, has sent an instruction book along with the human mechanism he made. It contains all the real answers. It reveals life's real purpose the potential destiny of man. And so, of course, like any say product that exists, there's going to be a an instruction book that comes with it. Here's how it works. Here's what you do with it. Here's how you keep it working properly. Here's how to prevent problems. Well, the Bible is that for us. God made us, and he gives us the Bible. It's an instruction book. Mr. Armstrong continues and says, it has been. He's talking about studying the Bible, he says it has been like discovering a gold mine of knowledge that people did not know existed. Those that have studied the Bible have found that it makes sense that indeed it is the very foundation of knowledge in just about all areas that it provides the only right approach to the acquisition of further discoverable knowledge. So the Bible doesn't have all knowledge in it, but it has the foundation of knowledge, it has the foundational principles. And like he said, it's like a gold mine. It's like a gold mine, but too often, people view Bible study as sort of a, a dull task that if they're going to do it, they' are do it because it's, uh, they have a duty <laughs> to do it out of fear of a harsh God. And that can be the thinking that people have sometimes. and if that's the case, then obviously that's not the best Bible study. That's not the most effective. Now, if you had a gold mine, if you came into ownership of it, I think uh, you'd get into it pretty quickly. I know I would. I'd try to learn what I could about it and try to figure out how to make money with it. And We'd understand that. That's something we'd jump to probably pretty quickly. But that's physical. It, it perishes. Even if you were to get a lot of wealth, it, it perishes. It goes away. But this is spiritual knowledge. This is spiritual gold. And we have to have excitement about our Bible study. We've got to see the need for it and see how valuable it is to us. Are we getting real value out of our Bible study? Notice the value of God's Word. This is in Second Timothy 3. And we have a few passages today, and if you have a Bible handy, then you could uh, look at these with me if you'd like to. We can kind of dig around in this a little bit together. Second Timothy 3, in verse 14 through 17 And this is uh, Paul talking to Timothy here and giving him some admonition. He says, But continue you in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. So Timothy was instructed in God's word from a young age, and he's being instructed here to continue in that. Continue in those things which you have learned. Verse 15, And that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, people want to be wise, of course. What makes us wise? Well, these holy scriptures are able to make us wise. Verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. Here's what it's good for. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, With the end goal here in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so I think we can see how central God's word is to our spiritual success. Using God's word, studying it, digging into it, understanding it, and then applying it in our lives, that helps us become more like God. God is perfect, He's perfect. And we want to be like that. God wants us to be like that. God is perfect, and his Bible gives us instructions on how to think and act like he does. You know, what would God say about a particular situation? What would he do? Well, the principles are there in the Bible. The Bible shows us how to think and how to act like God does. And it also shows us how not to think and act. There's instruction there about things to avoid and uh, the ways that are common to man and that have to be overcome. So this spiritual gold mine, this Bible, it's there for us if we will use it. There's been plenty of people throughout history who didn't have access to it, and those who did really valued it. And today it's the opposite. We have Bibles everywhere, but yet probably because of that, people take it for granted, and they don't get into them. Not like they would if they were digging into a physical gold mine. What gets in the way of using it, of, of really digging into the Bible and putting it into a practice? Well, there's a few things, of course. The Bible is corrective, and people don't often like that. But we also have to deal with priorities, getting distracted. We can get distracted by material interests and concerns. And so we have to think about how we manage our time. What kind of time do we put into digging into the spiritual gold mine? Notice what Christ said in Matthew 8 a situation here that is highlighting the fact that people, even with a certain interest and a certain desire to obey God, have to battle with distractions and, and priorities and what will they put first. Matthew 8, in verse 19, And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow you whithersoever you go. And then further down in verse 21, And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. In verse 22, But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. So if we don't understand the context here and what's happening. It could seem a little bit odd, you know. But this man wasn't looking to just go have a one day funeral and then and then go follow Christ. It was very typical for the people in that region at that time, the Jews in particular, to have uh say ten day burial and in the related mourning. So at least that amount of time, but even there the indication is that this man's father wasn't dead yet, but that he was older and, you know, at some point there he'd be dying and, you know, he'd got to take care of some physical things there. And so the, the point is that the person wasn't putting following Christ first. They had an interest in Christ. They, they kind of were going to get around to it, but they had other things to take care of first. Other things got in the way. This disciple was wanting to take care of the physical business first and take care of everything, and, and after that, you know, then he'd, then he'd come and follow Christ, he said, All right? He had some other things to do. He had some other concerns. He placed more concern and thought and effort into the physical world and the physical concerns. And so when we think about, of our, when we think about our Bible study, what's our attitude is it first along with our prayer or is it way down on the list you know i'll get to it once i take care of these other things that's a that's a difficulty that can occur and with that type of an attitude well people don't get a whole lot out of their bible study christ was very clear in matthew 6 let's notice this matthew 6 and we'll start in verse 19, and here Christ is just telling us about the type of perspective we have to have, the focus we have to have, acknowledging that it's very easy to get caught up in the concerns of this life, and put those first. Matthew 6 and verse 19, Christ says, "...lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust is corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal." So again, it's not wrong to have material possessions or to have wealth. There's plenty of examples of righteous men that were wealthy, but he's talking about what the perspective is, like what are we going to put first? Verse 20, Christ says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So a comparison and a contrast. If we're putting our efforts into physical wealth and that's our main goal and our main concern. I mean we might get it. But then there's gonna be, you know, rust <laughs> that corrupts and and the moth gets into it and thieves break through and steal. You know, you could put that into the modern terms. That could that could happen, you know, with with certain wealth, but then you know, stock markets. And I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen where people can lose wealth or maybe they have it and then they die and leave it to somebody else. And if that's the ultimate goal, then then that's a pretty misplaced goal. But we have to put the effort into the spiritual treasure. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That has to do with our prayer life, our Bible study, drawing close to God, digging into that spiritual gold mine. Verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, There will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, that man that wanted to go and bury his father first, his treasure was in the physical world and things in the world. And that's where his heart was. He said, well, let me go take care of that first. And Christ said, well, just, you need to follow me. You need to follow me. And that doesn't mean that you know we shouldn't take care of the physical things. That that has to be done as well. But in the proper order, follow Christ first. And when we're considering this in terms of our Bible study, that's it has to have a higher priority than, say, other physical things. And we need to make sure we schedule the time for it. Because where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be also. What we're interested in, that's what we'll do. Notice down in verse 24 Christ very specific here he says no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon so we can't have two gods in that sense where well we we want to worship God but we also worship the physical you know wealth or concerns whatever it might be that doesn't work verse 33 but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See that man that wanted to go and bury his father first, if he had sought the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God first, then he would have had all those other things taken care of. They would have been taken care of. It would have worked out just fine. But he wanted to put the material, the physical first. He had the order backwards. And so, When we consider this in light of our Bible study, digging into that spiritual gold mine, where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. If we really treasure God's Word, we'll go after that and we'll seek that first and seek the kingdom first, but if not, then we'll seek other things first. So there are many people, many people in the world that have, you know, some interest in God's Word. There's a little bit of interest in it. It's quoted pretty often or misquoted, but, but most looking into God's Word and applying it way down on the list somewhere. You know, there's a list of things that people want to do, whether it's written out or it's in their minds. And and uh, the Bible and looking into the Word of God and applying it is usually down there on that uh, I've been meaning to get to that part of the list or yeah, I'm going to get to that here one of these days. That's typically where um, Bible study is. And so, it doesn't seem to be as important. If a person has that sort of mindset, they don't see the value in it. They don't see the gold that is there. They don't see the treasure. See, we have to have the right perspective, and we have to be led by God's Spirit. Notice this in Romans 8. Romans 8 and verses 4 through 8. It says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So our main concern, again, it can't be the physical and the physical things. We have to be led by God's Spirit. Verse 5, For they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. What's the biggest concerns? If it's the flesh, then that's a pretty good indication we're minding the things of the flesh. It says, But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So that's, you know, pretty practical when you think about it. I mean, if we're really putting the spirit first, the spiritual first, we're going to be praying, we're going to be studying. That's going to be our our first concern and our first effort, and then things will come in after that on the list. Verse 6 of Romans 8, it says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And to be carnally minded means to follow the the things of the the flesh, you know, to have that those interests. Let me go and bury my father first. Let me do all these other things, and I'll follow you later. That's not being led by God's Spirit. That's being led by a carnal mind. And then verse seven says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, or it's hostile, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. In other words, those that are living that way, and putting the physical first. And so, I mean, a person could say, well, that seems a bit, you know, strong that a carnal mind is is hostile against God. Well, as Mr. Armstrong often explained, most people are, it's passive. They're passively hostile. You know, they're not out there making a big to-do about being hostile, but they're passive. In other words, they put it way down on the list. Say, well, I'll get to it. I just need to bury my father first. And then 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 I'm gonna, you know, come follow Christ. That's being carnally minded. That's not putting the kingdom of God first and seeking his righteousness, it's looking after the physical things first and putting God way down on that list. Maybe second, but usually not second. And whether it's second or twenty second, it's not right. God does have to be first on that list. See, our contact with God has to be first on our list, our prayer, our Bible study, really digging into God's Word. Most people don't study the Bible that way. Notice Romans 8 and verse 13, a little further down here. It says, for if you live after the flesh, again, that's priorities, you shall die. You know The physical pursuits, they, they do end at some point. It says, But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So again, if we're living this life being led by God's Spirit, then there is eternal life after this life. There's a resurrection. Verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So to be a true Christian, we have to be led by the Spirit of God. And that means putting the kingdom of God first. And God's Spirit will lead us to do that. And again, only God can call God the Father. John 6 and verse 44 talks about that, that he calls. And no one can come to Christ unless the Father calls them. The Correspondence Course, this is a free Bible Correspondence Course. It's at It's uh, The full title is the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free course, and uh, this quote comes from Lesson 1. Talking about the Bible, and it says, though printed copies of God's Word and a general knowledge of the Scriptures are widespread today, the world as a whole still does not understand the Bible. It is in utter confusion religiously, academically, politically, and militarily. The world does not really know where it is headed, nor does it comprehend the lessons of the past. Never has mankind needed understanding of the knowledge of God more. And that's true. I mean, look at the headlines, look at the news. A lot of confusion, a lot of fear, a lot of a lot of turmoil. We need God's words, and we need them more than ever, and we need those answers. We need to study God's word and apply it, and we can do that. God's word contains those answers that we all need in our lives. To learn a lot more about this, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's free and it's a gold mine spiritually for you to dig into. It's at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for it. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.